God speaks to us using the Bible, but are there other ways that He speaks to us? And what is this providence thing? We'll find out in this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey everyone, you're watching Inverse. You're in the studio here with my friends, and we are in the midst of a study on the will of God. Last week, we looked at how God speaks to us using the Bible, and this week, we're going to look at how God uses other means, other, I don't know if the right word, media, mediums, but then mediums, you get into the... Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, other ways. Other avenues. Oh, other avenues, other methods, other, <laughs> other avenues. What's that <laughs> so we'll have a word of prayer, and we'll get started for today. And uh, who's up to pray? I'll pray. Israel, pray for us. (laughs) Thank you, Father in heaven, that you lead your people, not just as a corporate body of Christ, but also as individuals. And so we pray that you would fulfill this promise for us now, that you would lead us and guide us in our study today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's go to Psalms 23. Psalms 23. I'd be happy to read that. Oh, great, Callie. Psalms 23. We'll be reading. Callie, if you can read for us. Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. 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 Psalms 23 is one of the most famous passages of Scripture. It's probably one of the Psalms that, that everyone knows, even, mm-hmm. they, even though they might not be familiar with Scripture. And uh, one part that really that stands out to me is verse 2 and verse 3. It says that he leads me, he leads mm-hmm. me, where the famous hymn, he leadeth me, uh, gets its lyrics from. I want to ask you all, what are some elements in this psalm that, uh, why is God a shepherd? And how does this set us up for today's uh, study? Ezra. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're, you're, you're looking at me like, I, uh, I was looking at oh, you, okay, but okay. I thought the first question over. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Sebastian. What's going on? Okay. the first question. In Sebastian, psalm, are you feeling all right? <laughs> so um, one of the things that I, I love in uh, Psalm 23 is, is the very first verse to say that David is so confident that he will never be in lack based upon who his shepherd is. Mm. So when we deal with God leading us, we will never be in true need. Mm. And so it may, or we may be in need temporarily, but not necessarily ultimately lacking. And so to me, when you, when you think about Jesus as a shepherd and myself as a sheep, sheep are myopic, they're short-sighted, they can't defend themselves, they can't provide for themselves. And so it also reinforces that dependence upon God Mm. and the need to actually pursue God to know what his will is Mm -hmm. and to make sure that I'm actually following the shepherd. Mm. I'm not following the wrong shepherd. I'm not following a shepherd that's going to lead me in confusing ways. Mm -hmm. And so who my shepherd is, is really the fundamental question of life. Yeah, sheep are one animal that evolution has failed, if, <laughs> if we subscribe to that theory. That's true. Every animal has been given some kind of defense mechanism, but the <laughs> sheep, 
uh, has, has nothing. It's not <laughs> fast. It's not small. It's a medium size. It's really small. It's uh, not strong. It's not strong. It's not it's fast. Can't fly away. Yeah. It tastes it's good. It's just kind of like a <laughs> fried <laughs> chicken with four legs sticking on the ground. Waiting. And everyone's just waiting. So it, 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 it innately needs a shepherd to take yeah. care of it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so it, it, it's profound. It's profound, yes. Um, what I love about Psalm 23, how it starts, is that the focus or, or the subject of the psalm is God. Yes. And so it's interesting, though, even though the subject of the psalm is God, it's talking about many other different things. It's talking about green pastures, still waters, uh, you know, all sorts of other, the valley of the shadow of death, the, the rod and the staff. Yet all of these things, although they are helpful in the life of the sheep and protecting the sheep and giving life to the sheep and giving rest to the sheep, all of them are dependent upon the, the primary subject of the psalm, which is God. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately what the, sub, what the uh, psalm is trying to tell us is that in life there are many different things that help us, that assist us, that will give us life, that will give us comfort, that will give us strength, that will give us guidance. But the overarching uh, responsibility of guidance for our lives is, according to David, is the shepherd, mm -hmm. and the Lord is our shepherd. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Kelly? Yeah, I, I also just kind of similar, but maybe a little bit different from Israel, mm -hmm. hoping silly pals, is um, in focusing on God being our shepherd and in guiding us, he doesn't only guide us, he doesn't just lead us, but he restores our souls, he comforts us, and just sometimes we can, we can kind of almost pray like, okay, hey God, what do I do? Cool, thanks, I'll figure it out. I'll come back when I need more guidance. But God doesn't just guide us. He provides all these amazing gifts for us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, if, yeah. and if you also notice that God is always the one committing the actions and we are the recipients in this psalm, mm -hmm. right? So he's the one that's making sure I don't want. He makes me to lie down. He leads me, restores my soul, leads me, walks with me. And the only thing that really the individual does in the psalm is walk through the valley of the shadow of death, mm -hmm. and then ultimately he just fears following. no evil, yep. which is still yep. going back to the shepherd's presence. Mm -hmm. So it just goes to show that the nature of our relationship with God and how we should be relating to the question of knowing God's will. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, there's a book that, that Israel recommended to me, uh, my, my fellow compatriot on the show here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm forever branded. He, he, you are. You are. He, it was a book about a shepherd who is writing his meditations on, on Psalm 23. Hmm. Uh, I forget what the a name shepherd's, was. A shepherd's look at Psalms 23. <laughs> there you go. It's a very wow. creative title. And so in verse 23, in verse 1, 2, 3, it's talking about, you know, shepherd language, shepherd language, shepherd language. If we had time, we'd go to each line and, and he's from a shepherd's angle. Uh, and in verse 4, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Again, this is a sheep walking through these, these dangerous mountains. A rod and a staff. Again, more shepherd language. And I, really, I found very interesting verse 5, you anoint my head with oil and my cup runneth over. And I always thought maybe this psalm is switching over to other language, but he says it continues. This is, this is shepherd language mm -hmm. about how sheep, because of their moist nostrils and their moist muzzles, they go into the ground and they're looking for grass and whatnot. And all these parasites would be attracted to the humidity and the warmth of their noses. Yeah. And so they crawl all the way up. And some would go into their brain and into their, their, their cerebral cavity and they lay all these eggs and whatnot. Yeah, sure. And so these sheep would all be going around and just be normal one day. And the next day with all these things crawling around in its head would be banging their heads against the rock and, oh, wow. and going crazy and scratching and, you know, trying to itch. Uh, a scra scratch, in, scratch an itch that's yeah. not itchable, you know, inside your head. Yeah. And wow. so the, the shepherd, before each season, would have all the, the, the sheep line up and would anoint their heads with oil. 
all over their face, all over their nose, and these critters would crawl up and they would slide on down <laughs> because the oil would, would lubricate oh, yeah. the, the nostrils. And wow. Those are really cool insights, and I don't know if that's exactly what, what David was, <laughs> was, was, was talking about, but there are, there are shepherd's illusions here. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you the question, I mean, this psalm is a comfort psalm. It shows us that all we have to do is follow and God leads us. And last week we looked at that God leads us using the word of God. Yeah, yeah. And that is fundamental, that is primary, that is foundational, mm-hmm. that is the test of all of God's movings. But what are other ways uh, that are secondary to the Bible that God does lead us in? I have to say the one that Kelly? I always say, and that's, mm. that's Providence. Providence. Not, not hey, the city. Not no. the city in Rhode Stop. Island. <laughs> no, Providence. <laughs> For those of you out in Rhode Island, we love you. We uh, love the city. Visit there, Brown University, Campus Ministries. Yeah, all right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so just the providence of the movings of God, what God allows and what he uh, does not allow, especially when we lay our lives um, at God's feet and mm-hmm. we say, you know, please open what you would and close what you would as well. Um, sometimes God speaks it that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Psalm 23 gives us a picture that life is a journey, right? And so if, if you look at Psalms, you can actually see the journey that takes place. First of all, God is leading. Mm-hmm. He leads us in green pastures. It's not just any kind of pasture, but it's green pastures. Mm-hmm. What that tells me about God is that he is um, intentional, that he pays attention to the little things, that it's actually necessary for a shepherd to pay attention to little things. Mm-hmm. If a shepherd is not obsessed with even the smallest details, then the entire flock is at risk. And Lost, so yeah. that's that's the, 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 the point of, you know, here it's, he's talking about, a sheep that is being led by a good shepherd. There are also bad shepherds. So you have here, God leads us to green pastures. This is uh, where life is, right? Green pastures means that there is, they're, they're fresh pastures. Mm-hmm. They're not dead. It's not dead grass, but it's good food. Mm-hmm. And then it talks about, um, he leads us to still waters. This is a journey. You eat, then you go and you, you're getting drink. And, and the journey then takes us through the, the valley of the shadow of death. This is uh, an intense moment in life. And through all of these different things, through every journey in life, there God is prepared for that. How is God prepared for that? It's like what Callie said. He's prepared for that through providence. In other words, the, the underlying theme is you did not arrive to these green pastures on your own. Mm-hmm. You arrived there through the guidance of the shepherd. Mm-hmm. The shepherd might have carried you in some ways. This is like the direct, he is directly in charge of your life miraculously. And other, in another ways, you did not, you, he did not carry you. You had to walk there yourself. But you ended up there not by chance, but you ended up there through the divine guidance of a shepherd that led you to these places. Mm-hmm. Whether they're places of comfort like green pastures or whether they're places of, of, of detriment and death and, mm-hmm. and whatever, mm-hmm. fear, yes. mm-hmm. which is the valley of the shadow mm-hmm. of death. So Let me just piggyback on that. Was, um, I saw a, a video series on going to the Middle East and, and I forget what it is, visiting the home, the mother, uh, not the motherland, the, uh, <laughs> the, the Holy Land or yeah. one of those kind of shows. And this guy was going through Israel. And, you know, when we read this verse, uh, he makes me to lie down green pastures. We're thinking green pastures like suburbia with perfect grass, you know, Kentucky, yeah. Kentucky bluegrass and mowing your lawn. And, and so he says, in Israel, you don't find that naturally anywhere in its mm-hmm. geography. Mm-hmm. Everything's yellow. Everything's rocky. Everything's just horrible, you know, just whatever, dry. Mm-hmm. And he says that when shepherds uh, take their flocks and bring them to, quote, green pastures, there's, you know, there's just dying grass everywhere. You've got to climb up this rocky path, and there might be this small little plateau. 
course, maybe three or four bunches of, of grass. Yeah. And that is a green pasture in the Middle East, but these sheep love it. And the shepherd is one who knows where these little patches are, mm-hmm. guides them through the rocky pa- uh, passages, mm-hmm. and then says, hey, enjoy. So it's a, it's, it's, it's a little bit more than here. here's grass and you just kind of munch on you know, someone's <laughs> lawn. That's right. He's, he's finding these places that are specifically customized for your life yeah. and guides you safely to get there. And, a little and, bit more nuance to, really to, to the verse. And, and think about the, 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 the profundity of that in our lives, you know, using that as a metaphor so that when the shepherd is leading me, so Jesus is leading me, and right now there's no green pasture. So I'm like, is Jesus really leading me? Mm-hmm. When in Jesus' mind, it's like, we got to go through these dry pastures in order to get to the green one. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I see where I'm taking you. But just because you don't see where I'm going doesn't yes. mean that I'm not leading yes. you. Yeah. And I think sometimes that can be the, the tricky thing with providence is we say, well, I didn't get accepted. And we read these stories of people who applied four or five times and got in. It was like it was clearly God's will. Yeah. On another level, it's like they got accepted. And then it's like, well, does that make it God's will because you got the acceptance letter from the university you wanted? Mm-hmm. And in this sense, it's like Jesus knows what green pastures are. And sometimes getting to green pastures takes us through dry pastures, Mm -hmm. takes us through dead ones. Mm -hmm. But it's important that providence is not something where we start using as an acid test to say, well, is he even leading me? Is the Lord among us? Mm -hmm. Speaking of dry pasture, we got to take a break right now. When we come back, we'll come back to greener pastures. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, well, we're, we're so glad that the Lord decided to lead you back to us after the break. Just trying to tie it into what we've been talking job, about. Yeah. So we looked, we looked at the Bible last week. We're talking about providence and how God leads us mm-hmm. in different ways and in different ways, as Sebastian, you were saying, that we don't see the full end, but God does. Yes. Bird's eye view. And sometimes he gets us through those dry patches, Israel. Yeah. And then something that I want to mention also, sticking with what, where Sebastian was going here, it says in verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you mm. are with me. Mm. And we also have to take into consideration the fact that there are moments where uh, the, the, there is not going to be life, like in green pastures, but there's going to be death. Mm. And so mm. what I appreciate about uh, verse 4 is that it teaches us here something about the character of God and his ability to lead us through his providence. Here he's saying God doesn't eliminate the valley of the shadow of death, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And rather than avoiding the valley of the shadow of death, what he does is he eliminates fear. Mm. And so the beautiful thing about the providence of God is that we can be 100% certain that no matter where God takes us, whether it's green pastures, whether it's bad pastures on the way to green pastures, or whether it's the valley of the shadow of death itself, that what God does is he eliminates not the trial, mm. but he eliminates the fear of the trial, mm. which is actually the greater, the greater evil, mm. right? The greater evil is the fear that, oh, you know, I'm going mm. through this thing that I'm like. The other thing here that I love about this passage is that it talks about the valley of the shadow of death. And it says, yeah, though I walk through the valley of the mm-hmm. shadow of death. So he's not saying I'm going to dwell in, I'm going to build my house there. Avoid but, it. Right? Yeah, or avoid, but it's something that you walk through. In other words, it, it shows an element of conquering, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to get through this trial. I'm going to get through this 
through this challenge. So he doesn't remove them altogether, which a lot of people pray for. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't leave us in the midst of it, which some people think God has done to us. Yes. But he gives us the strength and the fearlessness, courage yeah, the to courage, get us yeah. through it. I think that's a yeah. huge prepositions, but these are huge, yeah. <laughs> uh, not in, but through. You know, it, it, it takes me back to one time I went to um, visit Israel when he lived in the Upper Your Peninsula. compatriot, yes. Yeah, yes, my compatriot here. He lived in the Upper <laughs> Peninsula of Michigan, was basically like Canada, but somehow we annexed it to the United States. And um, I'm driving back. you're watching in the Upper Peninsula, we love you. Uh, please don't send us emails. Uh, just send them to Sebastian Braxton. And so as I'm, as I'm driving in, in my car, all of a sudden, I start noticing that this check engine light comes on, and I'm thinking, like, oh, man, I'm in the middle of nowhere. And so I'm thinking, okay, I just need to get past these next three exits, which were a highway crossing, and I'll be able to stop and pull over. Yeah. But my car literally breaks down, like, at this crossing of literally. highways. So uh-huh. there's no gas stations. There's no exits. So I get out the car, and then I'm thinking, man, how am I going to get help? My engine's, like, burned up. And then the sign says, prison nearby, do not pick up hitchhikers, right? And I'm like, Jesus is forsaken me. Like, how are you going to have me break down in an area where nobody's going to help me? They're like, that guy just got out of prison. I got sweatpants and a T-shirt on. So they're like, oh, yeah, he's definitely a prisoner. And so I end up walking two miles. And the very next gas station I get off was this Marathon gas station. And then there was a, um, a different one across the street. And so I'm like, man, which one should I go to? And the other one was like, oh, it says like beef jerky, whatever. So I was like, nah, I'm not going there. So I go to the other one. That's Providence leading you away. <laughs> exactly. So when I go to this other gas station, I tell the, the girl, I'm like, hey, can I use your phone? I need to call someone, you know, to pick me up. So she's like, sure. So I make the phone call. And after I make the phone call, um, I'm sitting there and I had my book that I was reading on the book of Revelation and how Jesus is in the book of Revelation. And so as I'm sitting there reading and she's like, well, you know, what book are you reading? So we have this conversation. And next thing you know, she's like, I've been really seeking God about how, where is God in crisis? And this is literally what the book is mm-hmm. about, is dealing mm-hmm. with Jesus in crisis. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, I explained to her the book. The people who are picking me up are like 20 minutes away. And right before they arrive, I'm like, you know what, just take the book etc 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 and she's like man this is like such a blessing because i was not supposed to be at work today the person literally called out Mm -hmm. and they called me from home and i literally drove and arrived right before you walked in Mm -hmm. and it was like oh can i use the phone and so it just showed me in providence that here i am frustrated that i broke down near an area that says don't pick up prisoners but yet god is like listen you may feel like you're in the valley of the shadow of death and like this is the worst situation possible Mm -hmm. but it ended up being one of the greatest blessings of my life to encourage me in terms of the fact that, wow, I left that gas station thinking, I mean, God was leading me mm. the whole time. But in my mind, it's my car is breaking yeah, oh, down. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another story, not not quite like that, but um, <laughs> story. Just when Israel's talking about going through um, the valley of the shadow of death, is in my life, I've just found I feel like I feel closest to Christ not when He brings me through it, like after at the end, but like as I trust Him during it. Mm. Um, Mm. I I think about when I was doing my master's, I had set up uh, studying to be a teacher and I needed to do a part-time job and I'd set it up like two years in advance and everything was fine, it was fine, it was fine, it was fine until a month before I was supposed to do it. They're like, oh, by the way, this isn't going to work. So 
I didn't have a way to finish my master's. Um, and it's July, and no teachers are hired in July. They're hired mm. in February and March, in case, mm. you didn't, in case anyone didn't know that. Thank you. You're welcome. Mm. Here for you. So, um, so I was like, well, there's nothing I can do. <laughs> and so my dad, you know, like, well, just, you know, message out, uh, email some people. So I was like, okay, well, whatever, I guess I will. So I did, and very long story short, I got a full-time job in a week mm. at the very end of July, and classes start, like, August 13th. Mm. That never happens. Mm. Um, but what I take so much courage from that story isn't just that Jesus came through in that clear way, but I remember when I got the call and I hung up and I was like, everything that I'd planned the last two years literally just fell apart, but I just prayed and was like, Jesus, I have no idea what's going to happen, but I know you saw this coming, so please help me to trust you. Mm-hmm. And I think that was like one of the first times that I really looked to God in a time where all of my plans had fallen apart. And it's like, mm-hmm. I have, so people call me like, hey, are you okay? I'm like, I am. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what's going to happen. That's right. So that, that in itself, I think is even the greater miracle that God can hold our hearts even when we don't know what's coming. Mm-hmm. You know, Justin, one of the, one of the other <laughs> sources that I really also enjoyed and have been really fruitful in my life and God's will is actually getting the counsel from other people mm. and having mentors. I wanted to go to a Bible verse. Yeah, for sure. Let's do it. In uh, Proverbs 15. Proverbs 15. Uh, verse 22. 15, 22. Proverbs 15, 22. Proverbs. The Bible says, without counsel, plans go awry. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. And when you look at this text, we, we see that God doesn't just use these, these kind of supernatural means or if we call it the natural course of human events like providence and how God is able to orchestrate the decisions of free will uh, beings. But here we see that God sometimes puts wisdom in the life of someone else mm-hmm. that is needed to guide you at a specific juncture in life. Mm-hmm. And I remember my... Um, you know, I had a, a female mentor and um, we were having a conversation about a serious decision I was going to make about confronting some mistakes in my past. And I was like, you know, if I confront this, like, you know, I, I could go to jail, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I was really worried about it. And she, when she, when she finished listening to me express all my emotion about it, she said, Sebastian, you know, you don't choose where you serve. You choose who you serve. Hmm. And the important element is that you chose to serve Jesus. And if Jesus allows you to go to jail for this, then he wants you to serve him in jail. But in terms of who you serve has never, ever changed. Mm-hmm. And it was such a powerful idea because it completely opened up my mind and my approach to the entire situation. It's like this isn't about, you know, bad things happening to a good person or, you know, I'm trying to do the right thing. Why would God allow? It was about I'm always serving God no matter where I find myself. Mm-hmm. So I don't choose where I serve. I choose who I serve. Mm-hmm. And that just resonated with me in such a powerful way and guided me through that entire situation. Mm-hmm. This is a great principle about the counselors. How, how do you choose counselors, though? Who, who do you ask? Because sometimes we can, you know, the heart is deceitfully <laughs> wicked. Yeah. And you can choose, or like, you know, counselors of just, you know, one side. Like, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Oh, you all think that? Well, this is clearly the will of God. Right. We, we manipulate the will of God. True. Yeah. Something that stands out to me in choosing is, you know, Jesus says, you shall know them by their fruits. Mm. Um, of just seeing the kind of people, people, everyone can, or a lot of people can preach or sound nice, but just seeing the trajectory of their life, seeing how they interact with their uh, their family members. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember there was a time that I had to choose between two different mission colleges, and I talked to basically the program heads of both, and I, I ended up choosing the one that I was like, I want to be more like this person. This is the person mm-hmm. that I want to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, because I think Jesus, like, it's true that people are deceitful, but like Jesus really does show you people uh, mm-hmm. when you're when you're open to seeing 
people's true character. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If, if, if you look at uh, the same uh, Proverbs 15, but mm -hmm. in verse 21, the verse right before the one that Sebastian mm -hmm. read is, it says, folly is joy to him who is destitute of discernment, but a man of understanding walks uprightly. And so I think here we have also an insight into who is a good counselor, a person who walks uprightly. And a person's life, like uh, Kelly has already said, a person that you're asking counsel for should be a person that you feel that in that area that you're asking counsel for, you can you can emulate, right? Mm -hmm. And so if, if for me, if I'm going to seek marriage counseling from someone, I'm going to seek counseling from a person who has a marriage that I think is worth emulating, mm -hmm. right? If, I, if there's a professional individual, if I want counseling in terms of academics, I'm going to look for a person who has succeeded in that area and a person who foundationally walks uprightly they have they have on their head on their shoulders they have a head that is leaning towards doing the things of god mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, the mentors that you choose are eventually people that you will become like yes and so if you ways. want godly godly counsel you find people who have, are godly yeah, yeah. yeah who have yeah, yeah. And another <laughs> another attribute I look for in counselors is to make sure they have your best interests in mind and yeah. that there's no agenda. Because I you know, in the story that I shared about on a previous episode about praying and breaking with a girlfriend, I had called a counselor at that time and I asked the person for advice. So we're going back and forth and what they were advising me just was not jiving with what I was sensing from prayer mm. and from my study of scripture. Mm. And so they're like, Sebastian, you know, you're just afraid. You need to get married, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, what? Like, why would I be afraid, and, you know, to get married? And then after two hours of, like, multiple conversations, the person just came out and was like, you know what? I just want you to get married. What? Like, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, no way. Like, how did you? So this whole time you're giving me advice, but actually you're like projecting your own issues, right? You're living vicariously through me and saying like, well, you know, my marriage isn't necessarily the best marriage and da-da-da-da, so I just want you to get married. Well, I mean, what does Jesus want? <laughs> First of all, and second of all, are you sure that's best for me at this time? Yeah. And so I, it's so critical that when we're getting advice from people and we're choosing counselors, that they have our best interests in mind. Mm -hmm. And I think of Abraham and Isaac. Isaac knew that Abraham had his best interest in him. Okay, let me switch gears here. Let me ask you this question. And uh, how do we know when uh, we, we, we hear from the Bible or from counselors or from uh, providence and whatnot that, 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 that we're not deceiving ourselves? What's, what's the test? Uh, some people say, hey, I'll just, I rely on common sense. But sometimes common sense ain't so common. common. How do we yeah. know? No. Well, the, the, the foundational principle in Scripture is that you will seek me and find me when mm -hmm. you search for me with all your heart. Mm -hmm. And so God is not in the business of, you know, making people fail mm -hmm. or make, right. be, making people have a hard life just for the sake of, ha, 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 you know, you just needed that. God has, God has our best interest in mind. He wants us to succeed. He wants us to, uh, he wants us to be happy and to achieve our highest goals, and he wants us to be saved. Mm -hmm. And so an individual, and I think every, every large decision, it's a call for self-reflection. Mm. And so the first thing that an individual should do whenever I get a, a big thing in my life is I need to recalibrate my spiritual walk with God. It's mm -hmm. my heart leaning towards God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. On that note, we want to ask you out there, how many of you have surrendered your life to God's leading? Whether it's the Bible, whether it's impressions, whether it's providence, or whether it's counselors, maybe we need to take some time out and get on our knees and ask, Lord, wherever I am, I want to be exactly in the center of your will. That's our prayer. Hopefully that's yours. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week here on Inverse.
You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.